Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. (laughs) I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them. I don't feel secure. And honestly, I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive. So really, really recommend it. Love it. And I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening, Fiona, because I love their collection. So if you use the code LOVEBITES20, it's applicable on full price items only. This can be used online and in store. So there's two stores in Dubai, one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach. They also ship globally. If you're buying from outside of Dubai, then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture. Which is brilliant news. Thank you so much, El Couture. This is a Podcast Now production. You get to choose what goes inside your body, just like with food and alcohol, and you can have lots of pleasure before penetration. You don't even have to have penetration. This is another thing for people to say when they're starting the dating thing. They're like, you can say, yeah, penetration isn't going to be something that I'm going to be interested in for a few months, but I'm all about the pleasure. Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. On today's episode, we have a lady joining us that has not only single-handedly changed my dating life by making me realise why I can sometimes react the way I do. She has helped thousands of people. Lisa McFarlane is the founder of Relationship Coaching Northern Ireland. She is a wife and a mother, and through learning about herself, Lisa has gone on to teach the masses about how to have healthy, functioning relationships with others, and most importantly, with yourself. Welcome, Lisa, our favourite person ever. You're making Lisa, me Lisa, we love you so much. We absolutely love you so much. You have been a pillar and a constant thread of love and support <laughs> throughout our first series and our first season, rather. And we have just loved everything about you, what you convey, what you stand for, the lovely person that you are, the importance that you put on the relationship with your person, but the importance that you put on the relationship with yourself, first and foremost, welcome. And if there's anything at all you would like to speak to us about, drop us a DM on Instagram, Love Bites Podcast, understore, understore. What the hell? I'm so hungover, girls. Just. <laughs> with me i have had an sb before this and lisa if you don't know what an sb is it means strategic book oh so yeah anyways bear with me today so lisa take it away tell us about yourself (laughs) tell us everything thank you too so so much the first time i heard my name mentioned on love bites i um sent a message nigel and said um maybe there's a little thing you need to listen to because it's going to uh, (laughs) a pleasant surprise hopefully but thank you so so much i'm just a wee mum trying to make things a wee bit better for people that's just that's all i'm trying to do um and i have 31 years in the game of this relationship thing so i just think that i would like to share and just try my best and in your thing when you said there about uh your relationship with yourselves i always say to people 
It wouldn't matter if Chris Hemsworth or Jason Momoa came to fill you up. If your cup is not full, it would be, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If your cup, if your internal cup, I talk a lot about cups, relationship cups, people cups. I talk a lot about cups. I'm sorry. But if your own cup is not full of you knowing your own greatness, it wouldn't matter who came to try and fill it up. It would be like holding a cup of coffee up that has holes all over it and it just drains right out. No good, no good. We must know our awesomeness and then want to bring that to another and that person knowing their awesomeness and two people knowing their greatness, building a relationship and showing up for each other every day. I think that's such a salient point, as Laura likes to say. And especially this is something that I feel like you've helped me with so much in recognizing because so many people on a day-to-day basis through Love Bites say to me, they can't understand why I'm still single because I've got this, this, and this, but and I have to keep reiterating to people, mm-hmm. it's because, to use Lisa's term, my personal cup is not full and I'm getting there, I'm getting there. I know, actually, I feel like Love Bites has helped Mm -hmm. so much more, but that's the reason. And I think that people don't realize that actually the relationship you have with yourself is the most important because it will fundamentally, it will give you the foundations to be in a new relationship. Laura actually said it was one of the first episodes where Laura Mm -hmm. talked about Mm -hmm. her previous relationship ending. And then she had a time of basically learning about herself and getting through all the issues so that when she met her now partner, she was ready. Whereas I've gone stumbled and stumbled and stumbled through relationships and not and they've been quite hurtful and bad is because I haven't worked on myself and actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you kind of first off the bat and this is something that you talk about quite a lot is you were the first person actually that told me my love language without me doing the quiz so this goddamn quiz it's mm. it's bullshit because I've done the <laughs> quiz a thousand times and I've come up with acts of service and gifts and you were like Fiona your words of affirmation and the guy at the time Mr. Handcuffs is acts of service and that's why it's not working and I went I am. What the fuck? So I want to <laughs> ask you in terms of love languages, first of all, just for the people, I know we talk about it quite a lot, but if you can explain what love languages mm-hmm. and, you know, we can talk about attachment styles and how we can, mm-hmm. as people, take the steps in becoming secure, either in our attachment style or how we mm-hmm. can communicate to our partner who might be not, who might not understand our love language or has a completely different one. Like, for example, me, mm-hmm. me and Mr. Handcuffs, he was acts of service and I was words of affirmation and I was getting frustrated. How do we communicate? But just, ex- if you can just explain okay. what they are and how we kind of work around them. Okay, well, there's five of them, okay? And then I'll give you a simple wee way to do it rather than do the quiz because yes. the quiz depends on your mindset of the day, okay? So there are five of them. <laughs> Time, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and touch. And the easiest way to do it is to figure out what you like to do for other people. So you are a word of affirmation because you tell everybody they're beautiful. You tell Laura how awesome she is. Laura, you're probably words of affirmation as well because you're both so generous with your own words of affirmation. That is what your love language is. So you want that back again. Do the quiz if you have time with your person because it's just fun and it's a nice wee date night. Um, and the problem is we speak to our person 
in our love language. So for Nigel and I, it's easy. Our primary love language is time. So that's easy. That just happens very, very naturally. But my secondary is words of affirmation. So I'll say to him, oh, I really like that top or, oh, you got your hair cut. That's really, I like that. Or, um, oh, words of affirmation, all the things. Oh, that was a great job. And um, they're doing a little job in the kitchen at the minute. I was like, I'm so proud of you guys. This is great what you're doing. You know, him and my son. So, um, that's my words of affirmation. But his love language is acts of service. So we would actually speak, I would actually speak better to him if I brought him a cup of coffee when he was doing a job. So when we are not stressed, when we are our best selves, when our cup is full, we cannot, we can remember and speak to our person in their love language. But when we go through times of stress or um, if we're feeling a bit low or we're just a bit deflated, we revert back to our love language and that's when it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're with someone whose love language is acts of service, they might say to you, I'm doing all the jobs. It's just never enough for you. And you're like, I could not give a crap about the jobs. I want you to see me in my new outfit and tell me I look beautiful. Makes sense. Such a good point. Gifts. Gifts are not huge. It doesn't have to be a Gucci handbag. Gifts can be that you see that chocolate bar that your person really likes. And when you're in getting petrol or diesel and you pick them up that chocolate bar or that packet of crisps that you know that's just their thing or that bottle of wine that you know that they've been looking for for weeks. It's about seeing your person when you're doing something totally different. And that really lights people up. If your love language is gifts, you're like, oh my goodness, they were thinking about me when they were at the garage or the petrol station. This is adorable. Touch can be anything from rubbing your shoulders, holding your hands. People who like public displays of affection, there's probably touch. And let's face it, girls, we like all these things. Girls, boys, everybody likes all these things. So you know what? Just start hitting any of these and see what your person responds to the best. There you go. Great. And that's what I was a little bit confused about because I identified a part of myself in every single one of those things. And as a person, I think I am quite needy, but equally, I would like to think I give quite a lot in a relationship too. So is it possible to be all of those things or a combination? Or do you believe that you really have a primary and a secondary as you refer to it? And if you are a needy person that hits all of those things, how do you then deal with that as well? Well, first of all, we're going to address some of the language you use there, Laura. So okay. I'm a needy person. We don't like that. Okay? okay. So needy person is a bit of a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. I'm just making, I'm just, you know, we a little life coaching here. So I want awesomeness. I know that I'm awesome and I want awesomeness in a relationship and I want an awesome partner. How does that flip that around from Absolutely. I know I'm needy? To, I know I'm awesome and I want an awesome relationship. You want everything. You want all the five love languages and the three more that we haven't even discovered yet. And that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay. I like how you <laughs> flipped that round. That's brilliant. Fiona, what do you think yours is? Well, I know what I was just, when Lisa was talking about, I was thinking, I was like, well, I just 100% know I am words of affirmation. Probably, and then I would say gifts, but the small things for me, because I like to feel like the person I'm with is thinking about me because that is how I 
I feel wanted and feel validated by knowing the other person is thinking about me because I'm so scared because I've got an anxious attachment style, which we'll come on to. I'm scared the person is going to leave. So if they are in the petrol station and they bought me a chocolate bar because I've said I like a whisper, then I'm like, oh my God, they think they're thinking about me. They're not going to leave. And it's the same with words of affirmation. It, or for me, I think love languages and attachment styles are really interlinked because one feeds into the other of making, of like triggering yeah. your attachment style. What do you think about and that? And here's, he, all these things are in the underlying level. All these things actually mean we just want to be seen. And we Definitely. just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. We just want our person to see us and hear us. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We're 10 minutes in and I'm to, like, the tears are coming. To be seen, to be seen is the most beautiful gift that someone can give you. And it's the most beautiful gift that you can give. To be seen mm -hmm. is all we want. And to be held in our awesomeness, sure, who the frig wouldn't want that? 100%. I love that, Lisa. That is so beautiful. And honestly, I just need to make a point as well before we continue. Lisa is as lovely in real life <laughs> as she is on Instagram. We spoke previously about this, about the people that masquerade as loving and kind and generous people on Instagram. Mm. And then you meet them in real life and they're actually wankers. Lisa is the per personification of warmth and generosity of spirit and just brilliance. So I just want to make that thank point you. saliently. My teenagers might disagree, but that's okay. Oh. I'm taking that. I'm taking that. Thank you. So Lisa, you recently, yes. um, what you taught us, Mm -hmm. I put it into practice. Mm -hmm. So I went on holidays recently with my boyfriend and we had a great time, but I had a day that I've, I spoke about before about this sponsored silence. I felt hopelessness. I was huffing, like I was huffing with him because of the wind on the beach, a beautiful <laughs> beach in Rhodes. I wanted for nothing. I had everything I needed in my life. Yet I fun. looked at him and I was like, I fucking hate you i hate this country i hate that we're staying in five star luxury because the wind is hurting my leg right and i was sitting there feeling so frustrated and honestly sad sad and hopeless i, I that's the only way that i can kind of so discontent with life and i thought about you and what you say just talk about the things put on your big girl knickers and talk about all the things. <laughs> so instead of sitting there and internalizing things, yes, I had a minute or two of, no, I'm fine. I'm, fi I'm fucking fine, okay? Fine. And then I just said to him, you know what? I'm really huffing and I am really upset with you and I just need to tell you that. And he was like, okay, let's talk. Do you want a solution? Do you want me to help you or do you just want me to listen? And I was like, I just want you to listen and I just need you to hear that I absolutely hate you today and I hate my life and I don't know why. And you know what? It just instantly dissipated that feeling inside of me and it just occurred to me so much can be resolved if you just say the things. If you just say, I'm feeling like this, quite often half of the problem is alleviated because you, mm. you just get it out there. 
Absolutely. And first of all, how awesome of him to say what he's, you need, because sometimes if you're with a guy or a, the person that you, your person is a more masculine person, they can just be like, okay, let's fix it. Let's go somewhere else. Let's get a nice lunch. Let's get you a glass of wine. Da, da, da. But how awesome of him. He's clearly been listening to the podcast. Um, so how awesome of him for showing up in his vulnerability. Awesome, first of all. Um, and the problem with actually pulling your big girl knickers on and saying the words is that as children, we were taught to, um, most of us were taught to not embrace our emotions mm. because it was too scary. It was too scary. What if these emotions totally overtook us and we ended up in bed for a day crying? So what? Mm-hmm. You end up in bed for a day under the duvet crying. We must make friends with our emotions. We must make friends with anger, with frustration, with, I'm going to kill you if you don't get out of my way. We must make friends with these and let them move through our body verbally or going for a run or whatever, or journaling, journaling, journaling is also awesome. But we must become friends with these emotions. Mm. These are all little inner childs, inner children, inner childs, inner children that need to be heard and need their hands held and they will keep showing up in your grown-up relationship mm. if you don't bring them along with you if you don't bring them along with you and i that think that you know what lisa you're being very honest <clears throat> about being a huffer and <clears throat> i've realized that i'm actually a massive huffer huffer and i'm trying to identify where that comes from and i think obviously i huffed as a child i mean we all did but i've kind of if I'm to be really honest, I have serious huffing tendencies and I've brought that with me into adulthood and into my adult relationship. And sometimes I can just be such a dick, but it really hurts your soul when you're huffing because it just benefits nobody. And again, I'm highly cognizant of the fact that I'm huffing. And if any of our listeners are huffers, you're not Mm -hmm. alone even when you're an adult. Um, And I think a really good coping mechanism with that is just to tell your person, I'm huffing and I need you to try to bear with me or, you know, help me out of it or or listen or whatever those things are. So yes, Lisa, I'm a huffer. Fiona, would you be a huffer? I'm not a huffer, if I'm honest with you. I don't really do it. But too difficult. It would be very difficult for Fiona to be a huffer because she's anxious attachment style. Mm. So it's very difficult for her to be a huffer because I'd that be would be scared. then she she's then doing the one cutting it off. Mm. So that would be too difficult. I'm not I'm not a huffer completely because I'm constantly people pleasing. So even if I felt a bit shit, I probably wouldn't do it because I'd be like, oh my god, I don't want to piss them off because then they might leave me. Like genuinely, I think. That- no, Fiona. Let's just talk about the people pleasing for a second. Terrible. Sorry, this is your podcast. I'm totally taking over. No, take Not over, Fiona. please. We're going to give you a little, few little, few little tips for the people. Give me some therapy. We you, you need to have three little sentences in your back pocket. Okay, when people ask you to do things, okay? So, oh, let me check my diary. Oh, have I something on with Laura that day? There's something in my head. Three little statements that would be very normal things for you to say, okay? Um, and I need you to have those in your back pocket all the time because people ask you to do things and you go, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely no problem. And you walk away. That was my impression of Fiona, hopeless Spanish accent. Um, uh, and then you walk away and you go, Friggin' hell, what have I signed myself up to now? A diddle, 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 diddle. Then you start feeling cross with yourself and then you start feeling cross with the people, okay? Here's the thing. When you give yourself five seconds, 10 seconds, 10 minutes to decide whether you really want to do it or not, you then do the thing from a place of fullness 
and serving from a place of love. But right now, you're doing things from a place of people-pleasing. And people-pleasing is the biggest form... Sorry, pet, it's going to hurt a wee bit. People-pleasing is the biggest form of manipulation there is. Hmm. How do you mean? How Let do, that... Like, how, how so, Lisa? Let that settle. People-pleasing is the biggest form of manipulation. Because what are you... How are you manipulating that person when you people please? Well, I guess I would be manipulating them into getting them to like me. That's the one. Yeah, so... And they need to like you for just being you, mm. not for the person who people pleases. Mm. I I'm just too. letting that set in, actually. That's quite... <laughs> I think it makes total my mind. sense. Oh my god, I'm such a manipulator. I think also it makes a lot of sense because yeah. I'm someone that suffers with huge codependency issues, especially in romantic relationships. That's how I feel like I am. I I the way I feel validated is through a romantic relationship. It's not through work. It's not through anything. It's not through the way I look. It is from a romantic relationship because it's the one part of my life that I'm not being able to kind of get there so that's why I guess the people pleasing then comes set, sets in because I feel like the only way that I'm gonna feel be liked or loved is to people please and if someone asks me to do something so, I say yes so, how do I overcome so this what reason? happens in a relationship is the person you're with could fall in love with a version of you mm. that you've presented to them and then after six months, eight months, a year, eight years, you can't keep up that persona anymore. And then the person is like, for goodness sake, who are you? What's happening now? And that's not their fault. It's our fault if we show up as not our full selves. So we've manipulated them into falling in love with a version of us. Hmm. We I think have we've taken... all been guilty of that, Lisa. We've all been guilty of that to a certain extent, haven't we? Especially when we're younger. You try to be this person. and I'm guilty too. Mothers and toddlers, PTA, when you've kid, you know, you just want all the other mummies to like you and the school, all the things. We've all, all done it. I'm very um, blessed to have someone in my life who just thinks that my insanity is just the most awesome thing ever. But we were that. friends first. We were friends mm. first, so I was never able to show up as anybody else. And I remember the podcast you did about not using the apps and actually asking your friend to pick someone for you. Because when you're friends with someone first, you can't show up as anybody else. They know you. They know everything about you. They know what you're like in your best and worst days. So you, it would be silly to turn up as some other version of yourself. Mm. So just turn up as the version of you your real self. I tell people all the time, just because you have tons of um, jewels in your crown, you need to find somebody who's strong enough to carry that. Mm -hmm. You don't need to take the jewels out of your crown. Yeah. And I definitely have felt like in the past, I have taken the jewels out of the crown because it's almost easier to be, to lessen yourself so that I don't know. I don't even know why. Like, I think about it. I'm like, why did I do that? What? And I think that... And then what happens is 
Then when you go full pelt fee, I just forgetting this is all recorded. I'm thinking this is a little therapy session. I love then it. when you go full pelt into your awesomeness, the person that you're with is like, holy shit, who is this mad woman? And then they make you feel like crap mm. for being fully yourself. Yeah, 100%. I, I told that. Laura this story ages ago. I, I told Laura this story ages ago. I did a, I, I did, you know, I was doing webinars through lockdown and um, we were walking one night and Nigel was like, I need to talk to you about the webinar. And I was like, oh, mm, all things, oh dear, bless us all. What's going to happen? Da-da-da-da-da. I've said too much because, I mean, I am sharing our story on lots of these. I've said too much and he goes, and I am... Um, I'm a, I'm a secure attachment type, but I can be quite anxious when there's any conflict or anything. So I, on all my Shirley's, my automatic negative thoughts were kicking off going, saying, blah, blah, all my, all my inner child was not happy at all. And I was like, okay, sweetheart, I'm ready. Go. He said, you're stealing from people. And I went, what the flip? Who, what's happening? I thought, no, Shirley, calm down. He hasn't got to the end of his conversation yet. Just calm down. And he said, I watched the webinar and you didn't show up for 20 minutes. And I said, pardon now he said and people are paying good money to see that and they want you out the gate so either show up as 100% yourself or don't do them pick so start off the way you mean to go on in all your greatness in all your madness because Lisa people buy people and people are buying you they want you right out the gate mm. so your right person needs you right out the gate don't present as some other version of yourself your right person needs to see you right out the gate in all your awesomeness. I love that. Can and we... Fiona, you are, and I will say this again until I'm blue in the face, but you are the most phenomenal woman I have ever met. Like I've said to you on so many occasions, if I was a man, I would date oh, yeah. you, marry you, fuck you, like <laughs> everything. And you know, your quirks are the things that make you so endearing. Yeah. And anybody would be incredibly lucky to have Fiona, but all of Fiona, mm. like the vulnerability yeah. side, actually think the right man will look at that vulnerability and just want to hold you in his arms for the rest of his goddamn life. Yeah. So, so sometimes what happens is, do you ever think that you're nearly finished a jigsaw <coughs> excuse me and you have two pieces and they look like they should fit together they absolutely look like they should fit together like they're all the colors are right and all the ins and outs are right and you spend about half an hour trying to jam these two pieces together like literally jam these two pieces together um i'm seeing sex all over the place now so i'm now making hand signals wow <laughs> we'll um, so we're literally trying to jam these ins and outs I'm now making ins and outs signs. Um, so we're literally dramming these ins and outs together because they look like they should work, okay? Mm -hmm. But then all it takes is to shift two little bits and it just happens easily. It just mm -hmm. happens. It should not be too difficult. Yeah. Relationships should exactly. be more good than bad. It should be 80-20, exactly. 95-5, really, you know? And that little bit that's hard work should be stuff that life brings to you that's difficult, illness, stress, sickness. Um, you should go away on holiday and just be able to chill with each other and be your awesomeness with each other. Just one question before we move on to the sex part, because I've got a thousand questions to ask you about that. 
do you do you recommend that like for someone like me who I know I have my issues um, of all sorts of things attachment style codependency all that sort of thing obviously I don't want to be like talking to someone about this on the first date because you're that's when you're trying to get to know someone who you know whether you know when they grow up whatever do you recommend that for someone like me, I should probably say it quite early on because you need that person to understand you as who you are and like you said, show up as you 100%. And that is me 100%. I, that, it's who I am. It's part of me. I'm working on it. And I'm hoping that whoever I meet next will help me on their journey. But do you think it's something that you can have that conversation quite early on and just say it how it is and just say, this is how I process my emotions? Absolutely. And you can say, I've been hurt in the past. Mm. So when you're late, it triggers me. Now, I'm really trying to work on it. Um, but when you're late, if you could just drop me a little message to say, I'm on my way, babe. That would really, really mm. just make me feel so much more secure. And I am totally working on this, but I would love your help as well. That would be great. And if that's too much for them, then they're not the right person for you. Love that. I'm really starting to, to get a hold of this notion, which is so simple that if someone is not going to be there or like show up or have a problem with whatever it is, then they are not the right person. I'm slowly getting there because usually I'd be like, OK, no worries. So let me tell you this story. Um, sorry, totally taking over now. Um, I'm settling in. I'm doing the, I'm telling, doing yeah, the floor is yours, Lisa, the floor is yours. So at the beginning of lockdown, when this all went mental and a few lovely um, influencers started shouting me out and I was bringing my phone to my teenagers going, what are these blue squares? These blue squares say following. I have no idea what that actually means, girls. And they were like, mommy, someone's shouting you out. You have to. And Sinead Haig was so, so good to me and a few other people. So, um, it was starting to go. So I had 500 followers at the beginning of lockdown. Um, and so then it was 1,000 followers and 1,500 followers. And I came, Nigel was sitting out in the sunroom and I said, <clears throat> sweetheart, there's a, there's a wee thing has happened here. Um, so this little mm, is starting to really roll. And I was nervous saying it. I was nervous saying it, partly because I was loving it so much. I wanted to continue and I was, but it was our story I was telling. So um, Nigel's a thinker and needs a minute. I'm like, jump in two feet, let's go. So that balances each other out well but um he said sweetheart can i just think about it for a wee second and i said yes absolutely hoping please jesus don't let this be a four day thing i need this quickly you know so he came back and about he went to his cave aka the garage he went to his cave and he came back 20 minutes later and he said sweetheart tell the people everything they need to know mm. you can tell them everything if it helps one person tell the people everything mm. i'll not be telling them but you tell the people everything they need to know. So in other words, he's not gonna do it, but he's really happy to support me and hold me and let me do my thing in all its madness. Mm. And that's what we need. I just I love that. I feel like you and him really, but you you and him really balance each other out. And I've met your husband. He <laughs> he reminds me a lot of my partner. He is a big gentle giant um he's very he's quiet and reserved but he emanates warmth and love and he gives you so much space and permission to be yourself 
And it is the most liberating, wonderful feeling when your partner looks at you, thinks that you have lost the plot and loves you all the same and is there to welcome you back with open arms when you fuck up, which we do a lot. And you really have the, the goals. And I love about, you know, you're very honest as well about keeping the fire alive. Mm-hmm. About, you know, I was joined one of your webinars before and talking about obviously how to keep the fire alive in a relationship and you actively schedule in like mm-hmm. sex days, sex mm-hmm. dates, like dirty weekends away, because <laughs> once you stop and once you fall out of the habit of it, you don't want mm-hmm. it anymore. And this really adversely impacts your relationship. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about yeah. 30 years, 31 <laughs> years rather? How is Please it going? Past how how have so you ready. kept it alive? And what, what, what do you recommend for the likes of me, for example, who's only a year and a half in, and I'm feeling a little bit of, I'm running out of steam in that department. Um, And that's nothing to do with my partner, that's to do with me. So yes, keeping the fire alive in your relationship, but also in your own loins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell us. So prior to this, Nigel will be listening going, this is all going so well, Lisa, this is all going so beautifully, but now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, So, um, okay. So when we start a relationship, um, the lust chemicals last for about 18 months, Laura. Um, So lust chemicals last for about 18 months, okay? I should also say, before we get into um, long-term relationships, we we have four four centers four so you have your head your heart your gut and your sex center okay so let's say you're out on a wee night and you just you're single and you see somebody and your sex center is fired up and some of the podcasts i think it's the barber um fee that's Mm. her thing that's her sex center is fired up and she's ready to go and but she knows in her gut and her heart and her head that that's not a good that's not a good match for her so finding your match is about knowing that um it's working in your head your heart your gut and your sex center so sometimes knowing someone is good for you is really really important really really important but the secret is that we have to move from the lust chemicals into commitment desire contentment sex intimacy a whole different thing and lots of people when the lust chemicals run out they don't move to the next area make sense Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to move to the next area all right so Couples need a joint purpose. A joint purpose is really, really important for couples. So that might be buying a house, decorating a room, um, doing an extension, going for dinner, planning a weekend, planning a holiday. So a joint purpose is really, really important. But it's just also really important to show up for your person on a sexual level. It is called erotic intelligence. Esther Perel is your person to talk to, read and discuss this and all her podcasts. Erotic intelligence. So knowing what turns you on. When do you feel turned on? Where in life do you feel fully yourself? Because if you're not feeling that sexual, sensual being that you were born here to be, you can't bring that to another. Mm -hmm. So that's why stress or illness or things like that kills your libido in you. So you need your to keep your health good, you need to stay strong, and you need to be sexual, sexual and sensual in yourself as individuals, and then prioritize your sex life 
just like we prioritize our relationship, two whole people building a relationship. And sex and intimacy is a huge part of that relationship. So where our focus goes, our energy goes. So we focus on saying, okay, it's been a few days since we've had sex. When will we make time for that? When will we make time for show up for each other? Um, da, 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 da. What's our plans this weekend? What's our plans this evening? What way are your shifts working? When can we show up for each other? That doesn't work for me whenever the kids are still running around the house and you think we're going to have sex as soon as we get them into bed. I need a minute to get the kids mm-hmm. settled, to have a shower or a bath, to move from mummy to sexual being. I need this time. But we have to know ourselves before we can show up mm-hmm. for the other and then we say all our big guard words. So Lisa, um, recently we were having breakfast and you <laughs> asked me, as you do in the most loving and straightforward way, let's talk about the sex, let's talk about all the things at 11 o'clock in the morning, straight in, no kissing, I love your style. And you were asking about it and I was honest and said I was still I, I I really miss feeling horny. I really miss that feeling. Um, I I'm definitely getting better, and I'm you know we're, we're we're upping the ante so to speak. But I truly don't feel it the way I used to, and I really miss that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I I you know working from home has kicked the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I have lost that feeling of me feeling sexy in my own skin away from my partner i don't feel that sexual desire the way i used to in my own body heart and soul and you asked me okay so what have you done for yourself this week have you meditated have you journaled were like what have you done to fill your own cup and the reality is i never made the connection between the two i just thought i would inherently always be a really <laughs> sexual being and I didn't do any of the things to fill my own cup and I'm now seeing the direct correspondence and correlation. Um, So can you tell people about that, about needing to fill your own cup in order to really, really embody your sexual desire? Yeah. So when you're younger in 1918, 1920, you don't have to worry about any of this. It just all happens because your hormones are all flying around the place. So a little quiz that I like to ask people is... um, where in your relationship this week did you feel loved? Where in where in your relationship this week did you feel desired? And where in this week did you show up for yourself? Mm-hmm. And these are things that couple needs to talk about because um, if you're with your person and your person's like, I am wiped out. I have done nothing for myself this week. I don't even know where my oxygen mask lives to put it on then your person is not going to be able to show up for you and make you feel loved or make you feel heard. or make... You have to show up for yourself first and then we share that with others. And that can sometimes play into the people pleasing. We just keep showing up for the other and we mm. forget to show up for ourselves and they're people pleasing all the time. And then we end up resenting them for having to show up for them all the time. Mm. Burn out. Makes sense? Absolutely. Do you? Absolutely. Um, and that, makes a, and lot, I, makes a lot of sense. Sorry, go ahead. Fee and I were talking a little bit earlier about the masculine and feminine energies. Mm, One of my favourite subjects. I love it. So you two... (laughs) Please explain. So you two ladies um, probably are quite... And my... 
Yeah. And me too. I'm, I live a lot in my masculine energy. So masculine energy is here's a task. Let's get it done. Have to get to the end. Dinner. Brilliant. Awesome. Okay. Feminine energy is, huh, will I try this or will I try that? How does that feel to me? Let's go over here. Feminine energy dances. It creates. It's intuitive. Masculine energy is very on point. Let's get it done. Here's the plan for the day. Da, 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 da. So all of us live in our masculine energy quite a lot of the time but when we're with our person we want to fall into our feminine energy and be held because we get burnt out living in our masculine energy now there are some people who identify as female who love living in their masculine energy and don't have to drop into their feminine energy very often they love their masculine energy it fills them up they are brilliant but for me personally, I love to drop into my feminine energy and be held and be treated like a princess. I'm sorry, it's just my thing. I don't care. Um, I'm sorry, not sorry. I love Nigel opening the car door for me. I love him saying, what side of this restaurant would you like to sit on? Where would you like to sit? Do you like this seat better? I'll move, sweetheart. You did it. Do you want me to ask them for this for you? I love that. We were dating back in the day. We went to the cinema and we couldn't get the seats we liked. And Nigel's a big gentle giant, but he's more confident than me in areas that I'm not confident in. And it was all just, I was like, I don't know where to sit in this awkward and I'm, and I'm going to, and he's, okay, sweetheart, it's all right, don't panic. Um, excuse me, he said to people sitting in a row, excuse me, if you all could just move up too, then my wife and I could, my girlfriend and I could sit here. Would you be able to do that? That would be awesome. Thank you so much. And I just felt held i felt mm. loved i felt like i didn't have to organize it it was beautiful it was beautiful i definitely and that's because you know also... what the mask he's going sorry 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 and we're having just like this crazy three-way um <laughs> lisa the the masculine and feminine thing um completely resonates with me and i think as well especially with fiona bossing it so much at life doing brilliantly mm -hmm. in her business um and i've got you know we've both got good jobs and things like that and I think there's so much focus on our masculine and mm -hmm. sometimes for me I feel really vulnerable when I'm trying to tap tap into that feminine because we're also all we're kind of conditioned in society to be like super independent like showing up boss babing the shit out of life and sometimes I feel like we really neglect our feminine mm -hmm. and as a result it can really adversely affect a relationship how do you suggest readdressing that, you know, readdressing the, the imbalance? Um, well, again, it comes back to if you know your person, if you're showing up as your true self. Like, for example, I don't do anything to do with bins. Bins are a mystery to me. There is no need for me to be doing bins. That's just a horrible job. I just leave all the recycling. I also can't really figure it out. It's very complicated. I also leave all the recycling and Nigel comes home and he does that. I also do not put petrol in my car. I don't like to do that. It's very smelly. I don't do that. Um, there's no need for that behavior. And if my car runs out of petrol, it's clearly Nigel's fault because he should be more on that. Um, so, but I built a goddamn business in a pandemic so i'm clearly a boss but i like to show i like to be cared for i like to mm. be looked after and i'm not saying all women like that but that's what i like and i am gonna scream it from the mountaintops i don't give a crap if so and so doesn't like it awesome you don't like mm. it this is what i like this is what i like in relationships this is how i like 
my relationship to me. My own teenagers are like, Mommy, seriously. I'm like, I know I can do all that. But why? Your daddy loves doing that for me. So if I do it all, <coughs> talk about emasculating him. Mm. You know, two people mm. showing up as their true self. Nige loves looking after me. So it's awesome. Well, actually, yes, that was something that I was going to touch on because I definitely find that with me more so now uh, since I started owning my own business, because I'm single and dating, I often find that when men meet me and I say, oh, I own my own business, they think that I'll only have masculine energy and that I don't want that. And they make the presumption. But I guess what my question to you was going to be was that, and I know what you're going to say is, you just have to communicate it from the beginning. Just say, just say gotta say it. Just say, I own my own business, but I love being looked after. Because mm. also, I love being cared for. I'm looking after staff during the day. When I get home, mm. I want to be, I want that, like, you want to be taken care of. So I guess it is one of those things where it's like, and I know that that is going to be an just issue, it will always be an issue, and I need to address it from the beginning. Mm. So what if you what if you said I'm laughing about the text I sent you the other day and you were like oh I wish I had been that mature oh, yeah. um, what about you say <laughs> I lo- what was that I, I, can't I but you know what you moved seats instead of saying your big words or something yep. um um so um you date someone you say look I'm killing it over here I'm goddamn killing it over here um but see in my private life I love to be looked after I love men who open doors for me I love you to know what sort of wine I like I I love all that so don't get me wrong here I'm not like a boss babe I'm not like a boss baby boss and you know boss I love that um and I, I it must be a movie. that must be a movie that's coming out it's in my subconscious so um and so I love to I love to be looked after I don't this also plays into sex. I'll bring it around to sex because you forgot about that. So there's the masculine and the feminine energy within sex, okay? So you can love to be submissive. Lots of really powerful boss women love to be submissive in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it is a total switch for them. There are other times that they love to be the dominant, okay? Mm-hmm. But we can't both be submissive and we can't both be dominant. Think about any sex you've had ever in your life. There's a submissive and a dominant. If there's two submissive, it's just like two big slugs lying in bed beside each other and nobody's prepared to make the move. I'm definitely more what submissive. A what a vision. I, yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. prefer submissive, submissive sex. Um, but what I want to now touch on is something that me and you've spoken Mm -hmm. about and I'm really excited about it because number one in terms of keeping the fire alive as well something that Laura and I have discussed before and I listened to a podcast about it this morning with our favourite person Emily Morse Sex with Emily where she spoke about foreplay Mm -hmm. but foreplay shouldn't really be called foreplay it should be called basically the before course which is because foreplay should be actually (laughs) the whole day it's not just and also foreplay foreplay quote unquote foreplay can actually be a sexual act on its own it doesn't have to lead to penetration mm-hmm. but so talking about mm-hmm. quote unquote foreplay because I actually really liked the the way she called it the outer course because it doesn't it's not always mm. the fore to the play you spoke to me okay. about edging because I was having issues with the photographer when I was having sex with him and the fact that he didn't like oral sex and I wasn't always orgasming and he wouldn't usually sexually uh complete me 
I would never, I wouldn't always have an orgasm. And you were like, why don't you try edging? Can you explain what edging is and why it's so great? Because I really want to, I've never done it with someone. I'm really, I really want to, but I don't know how to communicate it in the right way and feel comfortable, which is odd because usually I'm quite comfortable in the bedroom, okay, but no problem. I want to know, I want to know more. No problem. I just, I want, had one wee thing just, and this is Laura's favorite quote you were saying about longevity and keeping your sex life alive mm. and planning dirty weekends and da 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 um, and Laura loves this when in your life have you ever felt like going to the gym me personally really never but when you go to the gym you always know it's good and you feel great about yourself afterwards and sex is a wee bit like that when you've been with somebody a wee bit long and sex with Emily she talks about this too sex begets sex so if you haven't had sex in a month, it's really hard to get back on that. That's back, literally back on that. Back on um, it's really, really, it's just like going back to the, back on the horse. It's just like going to the gym. You know it's going to be, uh, but you just have to do it. You just have to do it and you have to make sure it's a priority. Just like we walk and work out two and three times, four, six, seven times a week. Where your attention goes, your energy goes. You have to make it a priority. It's just that simple and that difficult, if that makes sense. And then we pull in these other things and educate ourselves about how to have an awesome sex life. So we make the point of making time for it. And then we start educating ourselves on how to have an awesome sex life. So a great help to me in this journey was a girl called Juliet Allen. She is a sexologist in Australia. She is absolutely awesome. I literally think if I had not listened to all her podcasts, I don't know if I would be doing this podcast with you today. So I owe her a great debt of gratitude. Um, she is awesome. So Tantra is something that I'd never, never heard of. So Tantra is the dance of sex. It is the dance of sex. It is the little underlying burn, the little underlying current that you um, want to keep for your person. Again, in times of stress or illness or life stuff, this little fire burns out, but it's our job to try and keep it alive. So Tantra can start with, um, you're putting the dishes in the dishwasher and your person comes up and starts rubbing your shoulders and starts talking about the things that you did two days ago and that was really hot and I loved it when you did blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, right, okay, that was actually lovely. Yes, uh -huh. and it just mm. builds that wee fire in you again. Now, on that note, um, and we'll get to edging, I promise. Men are very, the masculine energy can be very box-like. The masculine energy is um, at work, or they're at play, or they're cutting the grass, or they're looking after the kids, or whatever. Masculine energy is very in, in box. But something that men do beautifully is that they have this sexual energy running through their whole life, every day, all day. What is it? Men think about sex every three minutes or something like that. You know, women, women think about it three times a day, something ridiculous like that. You can look up those proper things. So men have this way of um, sex being in trenched in their whole life women is very compartmentalized for women so tantra works really well for women because it keeps that little fire alive keeps that little fire alive so then when it comes to actually sex you're you're the fire is already alive the fire is already alive and lots of women and lots of men don't want it to be over in 10 20 50 10 20 minutes half an hour and that is where edging comes in so we are taught that sex goes like arousal. I have my hands up again for some bizarre reason. Arousal to peak, okay? Arouse, so we get a little bit of rise and then we have an orgasm, okay? Um, within 20 minutes, half an hour. But edging says, 
it's more like a wave. So we edge um, arousal close to orgasm and then we back down. This takes communication. We have to speak to our person. We have to use all our big girl words. And then we edge again up to almost almost orgasm and then we edge back down again. And then we edge up again and then we edge back down again. You can do this of an afternoon for a whole afternoon. And you can go and make yourself a cup of tea in the middle and then come back to it. But when you eventually do reach orgasm, the orgasm will be so, so intense. So, so Mm. intense and beautiful. And that is what edging is. Everyone likes a quickie. Everyone likes a quickie. Mm. They're awesome. But if you have time to make for edging, that's how you do it. Lisa, I think so many of us, myself included, are very guilty of the perfunctory act of sex. And I am ashamed to admit that when I am feeling a bit low on myself or whatever, or just not overly sexual, for me, it's a box box ticking exercise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not cool because my partner and it's not necessarily with my my current partner, but even in the past, I've I've done it. It's a box ticking box ticking exercise so I for me it's quite alien to think about that real enjoyment side of things I've kind of I now don't really associate the two and I'm absolutely working on it but that edging thing to me sounds so alien but also (laughs) it sounds like the solution to a Mm -hmm. problem Mm -hmm. um, which is actually refocusing on the pure and utter joy and pleasure that is sex I think so many of us Lisa have become so complacent with sex and we have not put the focus or the value on such a core pillar of our relationship and like you say nobody wants to go to the gym but you feel better after Mm -hmm. I'm like oh god I can't be arsed and then after I feel such connection and it's amazing so sex is not a thing we do sex is a place we go together with your person Mm, that's great it's not a thing we do it's not a box sexing it's I miss you I want us to go to our special place thank you what would you say Lisa for somebody I was having a conversation with a friend last week and this is a bit off kilter but we're talking about the (laughs) lack of sex drive but she told me in no uncertain terms that she does not enjoy sex and she's okay with that she's got a husband they've got kids she doesn't enjoy sex she really doesn't want to engage in sexual activity her husband has made peace with that and they're kind of intimate in other ways and I felt so inclined to tell her no like you can enjoy it like look at this and refocus on that and fill your cup and all that balls and she said this is the problem that I have I feel the pressure comes from society to enjoy sex and that almost Mm -hmm. makes me feel worse than not actually wanting Mm -hmm. the sex Mm -hmm. do you think that people can be truly content without that I think if she's absolutely speaking her truth and she's not just speaking what she thinks that she should say if that is her absolute truth right now I know for most women, um, after a while they do miss that. They miss the connection with themselves. And the piece about what society tells them, I think the bit that society tells us is that we have to shut down that part of our sexuality. Especially for me, I'm 49 now. 
oh really you still get to be sexy you still get to say you like sex Mm. you still get to and I think as we get a little bit older there's this um campaign to say okay once you've had your children you've known longer I always say sex is not for 20 year olds sex is for your life Sex mm. is for your life. I also say that there's a lot of things that we can do um, that aren't penetrative sex. I tell people all the time, you get to choose what you put inside your body. You get to choose what goes inside your body. Just like with food and alcohol. And you can have lots of pleasure before penetration. You don't even have to have penetration. This is another thing for people to say when they're starting the dating thing. They're like, you can say, yeah, penetration isn't going to be something that I'm going to be interested in for a few months, but I'm all about the pleasure. Mm-hmm. I love that. Love if that. you want. Um, if you want. Because you get to choose what goes in your body. I have a question, like, just sort of touching on your friends. Do you think, and, um, you know, I'm someone now that, doesn't know when I'm next going to have sex, right? And maybe for your mm-hmm. friend as well. I mean, I know she's well, with, sorry, in a relationship. You you don't know when you're going to have sex with someone, with someone else. else. You can plan to have sex with yourself exactly. anytime. And I think that that's maybe something that I'm a huge advocate for masturbation. Talk about it a lot. And I, on, and I think that for single people and even for people in relationships, to make sure that the fire doesn't die within yourself, we need to also make sure that mm-hmm. we know how to make love to ourselves before anyone else. Because if I know how to turn myself on with no one else in the room, then I'll be able to communicate how to do that with another person. And I'm just thinking, you know, for someone like your friend, who maybe is not interested in having sex for society, she thinks that society is telling her that she shouldn't enjoy it. Could she enjoy it with herself and start in that way? And I do think that also when I, you know, hear about my friends say, oh, I haven't had sex for like six months. I'm like, but are you keeping the fire alive within yourself? I'm making sure that I also am going to the gym, quote unquote, the gym, so that I don't lose that part of me because it's so easily done. You can lose that part of you. I could go, you know, one of my friends, she, during lockdown or whatever, she hadn't had sex for like a year and a half, but she made sure that she was masturbating the whole way through so that you felt good. Yep. Um, a great book for that is Come As You Are. Yeah, it's a great book. So there's a, a, awesome. I mean, the part that she talks about how in the 1500s, it was decided that men would be able to celebrate their genitals because they were on the outside and they were proud of them and that women, it was deemed that women should be um, ashamed of their genitals because they were tucked under. I mean, this is a real thing that we're still struggling mm. with at the minute. I mean, if you saw a gentleman fixing himself, let's just say, you know, it wouldn't be the nicest, but you'd be like, you know, he's just arranging himself. Imagine if you saw a woman put her hand down her pants to arrange herself. You'd be horrified. Do you know what I mean? So we mm-hmm. have to take this sexual, sensual energy, our God-given gift, and run with it. Mm-hmm. And society and all the hundreds of thousands of years of making women feel ashamed to be sexual beings, we're done with that now. We're absolutely done with that now. Bravo. Absolutely. We're over that. It has to stop. On my watch, it will stop. It will stop. You're here, Lisa. And do you know what? <laughs> I really just miss that feeling of like being horny. Like it's the best feeling in the world mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you just want it so badly and Mm -hmm. 
yeah, you've you've taught us, uh, you've taught me specific, specifically a lot about the communication side of things, and you again have impacted my relationship directly with uh, in regards to like I call it like a a relationship MOT where we sit down with a bottle of wine. It's not like a a horrid conversation. So I'll say to your man, um, we need to have a chat. And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's not one of these (laughs) bloody talks again. And I'm like, no, this is an opportunity for us to really talk. So, you know, he'll, you know, he'll say, I didn't like that you've done this or that specifically recently he referred to, he really doesn't like PDAs. And that's something that I need to um, be cognizant of. Then I'll tell him what I'm feeling. And it's such a good tool, but also to touch upon the bedroom issues as well. I told him I'm not feeling it the way I want to and I just need you to know that that if I may be backing off or I'm not seeming like I'm into it that much it's because of x y and z and it did us the world of good to keep each other in the loop with those things and are you using positive affirmations while during arousal absolutely not I wouldn't what like oh that makes me feel good like uh, no 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 um i'm going to open my body to this new sexual experience i am a sexual being i am here for pleasure i open my body to this i am all the things all the things that bring you into your frontal lobe and stop patricia it's yours yours is patricia going what the the hell am i doing why am i here i need to do this and i have 50 million emails to get back to and did a little bit so patricia's going off on one going let's get this freaking box ticked so i can get back to my real life all right so we want to shut patricia down and we're going to get in we're going to get present and for women your biggest sex organ is your brain your biggest sex Mm -hmm. organ is your brain so you want to tap into I am here for pleasure. I love this person. I'm showing up here for myself and I'm opening my body to this new sexual experience. I want to build an awesome relationship. I want to have, I'm here for an awesome orgasm. These are positive affirmations that we use during sex. So Lisa. That is a fantastic piece of advice. I've never considered that because Patricia is in my head going, you need to write that press release. You need to do that coverage report. You need to get back to those 90 million emails. And I'm almost there, totally vacant. And affirmations I never thought of during sex. Mm. It never occurred to me to even marry the two. So that is unbelievably helpful. And, you know, to our lovely listeners that are listening, I think a lot of us struggle with that issue on some level, or we go through peaks and troughs and stages and seasons and all the rest. So that is incredibly helpful advice. Thank you so, so much for that. I'm going to use that next time. Now tell me this stupid question, but do I say that in my own mind or do I say that out loud? Say it in your mind. Oh, in your mind. In your mind. In your mind. I just wanted to check. Well, on that note, we are going to end. You can... Oh, you can say... Sorry. sorry, You can say to your person, I want to open my body to you. I want to have a beautiful sexual experience with you. I'm here for this. Mm. I'm here for this. Thank you. I'm here to connect with you. 
Right, I've got it. There's so you know what we're going to have to have you back. There are so many <laughs> things we haven't got to talk about. I've literally got a list beside me of questions that we right. need to ask. Let Fiona have Lisa, the, let Fiona put... have the last one. Let Fiona have the last one. No, it's all good. We literally asked you two questions from our list, and we've been speaking for an hour, but we are going to have to end. <laughs> but. Thank you, thank you, Lisa, not only for this hour that we got to spend with you, but just for everything that you've taught us over the past 24 weeks of season one. And we're now on week two of season two. And I personally could not be more grateful because you sometimes give me sidebar therapy when I'm feeling like I need to speak to someone. And thank you so much. I feel like both Laura and I have just learned so much about ourselves over the past 24 weeks and I'm still continuing to learn and you've just been such a rock for Love Bites and just wanted to say thank you so much and we're going to have to get you back on again because we need to ask the other eight questions that we missed off. (laughs) Lisa, can you... Can you just tell people quickly where to where they can find you? We'll, we'll link Lisa's pages on our show notes, but if you could just tell us where we can find you online. Instagram is my place. So it's relationship.coaching.ni on Instagram. Um, my email's there. You can, I, I said this once on a podcast, you can DM me and my DMs went through the roof. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, I try my best to get to all my DMs. I try my best to get all my emails. I am a couples coach. That's what I do. I My mission is for people not to wait until the wheels fall off. Come for couples coaching, not necessarily me, whoever, when you're just thinking, hmm, this is just not the way it was. Or da-da-da. my favorite, favorite couples to coach are young couples who maybe just were like we just think we need a little bit of tweak here i got a message saying that from this beautiful girl saying they're getting married in november and she just wants to make sure they're starting on the right foot that's heaven to me that's where i want society to get to marriage counseling when the wheels have fallen off is just so so difficult Mm. i want people to know all the tips and tools when they're starting on their adventure when they're starting on this beautiful journey that's what i want or maybe you're 20 years in and things are just a bit not right. Or maybe your sex was good and now it's just not. Or maybe your communication has changed. Maybe your argument. Or maybe the last 18 months have just taken the wind out of your sails. Come for couples coaching. That's what I want the world to do. Well, we Lisa, love we you love you so immensely, much. thoroughly, wholeheartedly. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so, so much. I am living my absolute dream. I'm living my absolute dream. And I am very grateful for every one of you. Thank you. I'm going to stop crying now. Okay, love you. See you later. See you later.